Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver George Pickens had an awesome rookie season, but should you be buying him a dynasty right now? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Today, we are wrapping up our AFC North previews, getting ready for the 2023 season by talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kate, I couldn't be more fired up for this show. Uh, let's start with George Pickens, who I'm buying this offseason, but I've got a feeling you might not have the same opinion here. So what are your thoughts on George Pickens going into year two? Here's the thing. Uh, love George Pickens as a prospect. I think uh, the Steelers got a great value. Like this is coming from me, Kate Majuk, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan Love George Pickens, the player, right? But I do have some concerns about buying into George Pickens for fantasy football. And for me, he's more of a hold. I'm not looking to pursue George Pickens right now. His current dynasty value in startups as of June, we just got a fresh batch of dynasty ADP over at uh, dynastyleaguefootball.com. Currently wide receiver 34, which I think feels about right for me uh, in terms of baking in the risk of the offense, baking in, I think, some of that volatility that we saw last year. He was a splash play highlight reel machine. That is what George Pickens did very well last year. He was a contested catch juggernaut. But what he did in between the catches that, you know, made Sports Center and, and, the highlight real yeah. bananas, yeah. toe drag swag, like what he did in between those catches impressed me a lot less. And I, I didn't think that, um, you know, you know, there was as much to like, I think there are a lot of people that are kind of sold on splash play George Pickens, as opposed to, you know, acknowledging that what he did in between those splash plays wasn't overly exciting and it didn't really elevate the offense much not that it they yeah, were in a spot to easily elevate it but i though i think those points are a hundred percent true i i think you you go on to twitter and you see his five best plays and you think that he had the same kind of rookie season as like a chris olave or garrett wilson and he didn't right like he's not that type of receiver that you run your entire offense so i i, I completely agree there but the reason I'm buying George Pickens is really the price, Kate. He, you mentioned it. He's being drafted as wide receiver 34. I look around at those, the receivers going in that same range, and there's just nobody that has his combination of size, age, and upside of George Pickens. Like, let me go through some of the names. On the same offense, Deontay Johnson, who seems very likely not to be with the Pittsburgh Steelers after the season didn't catch a touchdown last year. There's just no way that I'm taking Johnson over Pickens. I think it's fair, but it, like when I'm looking at the players, uh, just spoiler alert, Deontay Johnson's my buy. 
Uh, I think that Deontay Johnson is the better overall wide receiver. Um, and quite right. honestly, the, the thought that he might be moving on to another offense uh, where, you know, he could continue to flourish as maybe a more efficient wide receiver one for a team. Cause that's been, that's been the, the big issue here. He's had the volume. He hasn't had the efficiency, but I, I think Deontay Johnson is a much safer range of outcomes, but I think he's also got a, a relatively high ceiling if he finds the right scheme. I just don't think he's going to find a scheme that's going to give him more targets than what he's gotten over the last three years. And that's my issue is he's just so much, he's so dependent on target volume where George Pickens is not. And that, that was what was so interesting about Pickens last year, only 84 targets, but still had 801 yards. Like he averaged nine and a half yards target, which is just absolutely insane. We expect that efficiency to go down with more targets, but if we can get 110 targets, and, you know, average eight and a half yards per target, he's going to be a thousand yard receiver really easily. And I think there's just a lot more touchdown upside with George Pickens. I'm going to run through some of the other names of just guys that are being drafted around him, like Jahan Dotson, Quinton Johnson, Amari Cooper, Zay Flowers, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins. Like I, I, I would just take George Pickens over all of those guys. See, I'm I'm probably leaning, I think, every single one of those wide receivers over George Pickens mm, at this point. Um, but again, I'm I'm kind of still in on on Deontay Johnson. So I'll okay. I'll I'll save a little bit more of it, my my argument there. But it, it does feel like you have to pick a side, right? There's just and we're gonna talk about I want to talk about Kenny Pickett here in a little bit, but I just don't see this offense supporting two receivers a top seven dynasty tight end right now in Pat Fryermuth and a rushing attack because of Kenny Pickett. Unless they really open up this offense, which it doesn't sound likely, even Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator this week, I mean, went on the radio and said, yeah, the, the organization told me that we need to not open it up and that we want to run the ball more. And this is kind of the, the style of team that we want to be. I think there's room for one of these receivers to be very fantasy relevant. And I'm just, I'm betting on the upside and the age and the size and George Pickens, and you're betting on Deontay Johnson, who has been the more consistent option over the last couple of years. Yep. That that's definitely where it lies. And, you know, Marcus, I think one of the best things that we can sort of point toward is Juju Smith-Schuster and what he accomplished outside of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. We had seen year over year, uh, you know, declining production from Juju Smith-Schuster. He was that volume guy, um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, goes to Kansas City, has uh, a thousand receiving yards in his first uh, season with the team, uh, despite you know having you know, concussion issues, etc. But we saw him kind of return to the the form that we had seen prior to the adjustments in this offense to account for you know Ben Roethlisberger, the the way that they tried to get the ball out just a little bit too fast for plays to develop so that they could avoid hits for big Ben. Now the, the offense continues to restrict. And I, I do think that's going to affect uh, Kenny Pickett's upside. That's going to affect George Pickens, but that's why if I'm going to choose one of these assets, it's going to be the guy that's going to continue to get target volume, but then has an escape route. Yeah. We just, uh, we just disagree on this one. And I, we got some trades here. And I, I want to get your thoughts because I've, I've got a feeling uh, you're going to you're going to be on the other side of some of these. So 
on Dynasty League football, we've got a trade of George Pickens for Chris Godwin straight up. Chris Godwin. I'll say Pickens. Uh, George Pickens in the pick 206 for Jahan Dotson. Ooh. Um, that's quite close for me. Okay. Um, I'll probably take Pickens in the pick just because I don't think there's a a huge difference between that, Jahan Dotson and Pickens. I have Dotson ranked higher, but I agree. That's the same same idea for me. Uh, Gibbs and George Pickens for Drake London. Um, I will take actually probably the Gibbs Pickens yeah. side. Yeah, same one. Uh, this one's really interesting. George Pickens and Rashad Bateman for Michael uh, Pittman. I will take Pickens. And I'm actually surprised at how yeah. many of these trades I'm in on the Pickens side. Uh, two more for you. Uh, Brandon Ayuk for George Pickens straight up. Ayuk. Easy. That one's a little harder for me. I'd have to really think about that one. I'd have to have like a three-hour meeting with my dynasty staff to figure that one out. Uh, last <laughs> one, uh, Miles Sanders for George Pickens. Uh, I will take Miles Sanders in a win now. I think that's fair. I think I would just take George Pickens in a vacuum, but if you really need running back depth, I, I, I get it. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about Najee Harris, who, Kate, I know you are a massive fan of. Should you be buying or selling the third-year running back from Alabama next? This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. They've got a million other bets you can make. You can bet on NFL futures. You can bet on MVPs. You can bet on the comeback player of the year all on FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we are back talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and players that we are buying, selling, and holding this offseason. Kate, I want to talk to you about Najee Harris because when we were kind of preparing for this show, you mentioned that you were kind of buying Najee this offseason, but I think you've had some some second thoughts here. So I just I want your full range of emotions here uh, with the Steelers lead back. Uh, disclosure, I'm a huge Najee Harris fan was far and away my, my RB one in that class. And, you know, I've been all in on Najee Harris. I was, you know, and still am generally concerned about the lack of efficiency that we've seen from Najee Harris, especially after last season, but current ADP RB 12. Uh, and, and when I'm thinking of, you know, like RB 12 and I'm, I'm looking at, you know, some of the, the running backs that might be drafted around him. It feels like RB 12 is kind of about right for Najee Harris, but every time I come back to Najee uh, and I, I look at his potential in terms of uh, potential volume, especially in the year to come, especially with the knowledge Marcus, like you uh, alluded to previously, like this is, you know, this is a Mike Tomlin team. Uh, this, you know, despite all of the, the reports that they want to get, you know, other running backs involved and, and get them on the field more, 
this is a Mike Tomlin offense and he's always favored the one running back system. And there's no doubt that that one running back is absolutely Najee Harris, but you know, looking at the range of players like Nick Chubb, uh, you know, who 27 years old has a high touch total, uh, you know, going into this next season, uh, Josh Jacobs, plenty of question marks. Is he even going to play this season if they don't get a long-term deal done with the Raiders? There's a lot of question marks with all of the running backs right around Najee Harris in this range. And I don't know that there's any other running back with similar upside in terms of touches. Like Harris leads all of the NFL in terms of highest percent of team scrimmage touches since 2021. He's got just, you know, carries for days uh, since he was drafted first uh, among all running backs in terms of total carries, six in rushing yards, first in scrimmage touches, six in scrimmage uh, scrimmage yards. He's he's not been efficient, but again, the volume keeps me coming back for more. Uh, the knowledge that the Steelers have continued to work on their offensive line, uh, yep. you know, Broderick Jones, huge addition this year. Uh, and then last but not least, I want to point out the the foot injury that Najee Harris was managing throughout last season, suffered it in training camp. Uh, didn't like, you know, actually miss time. Like he, he, played through it, but was playing most of the season with like a steel plate in his shoe, which I do think hampered his just overall ability to move, which again, that's, that's kind of the point of, of the steel plate, right. Is to Mm -hmm. like provide stability and limit movement there. Um, I I think we saw that uh, affect him. And right after that buy definitely saw, you know, an an increase in production um, and, you know, that second half of the season saw an increase in efficiency, had six rushing uh, touchdowns in, in the second half of the year at following the bye. Um, I, I just think he's going to be healthier this year based on the information we have right now. And, you know, I, I do think, you know, how many running backs are you going to get at RB12 with the potential to literally lead the NFL in touches uh-huh. in the 2023 season. And it's why Najee's ultimately a hold for me. You mentioned after the bye, right? From week 10 on, he averaged about 75 rushing yards per game, 13 receiving yards. The efficiency, not great, 4.1 yards a carry, but dramatically better than what it was in the first half of the year. I just think the Steelers want to run the crap out of the ball, right? And I think they want to get Jalen Warren more involved. But even last year, like when we saw Jalen Warren playing well down that stretch, Najee was getting over 18 carries a game. Like they're going to get him his work. Uh, And I think at RB11, as you mentioned, that's kind of right where I think he deserves to be ranked. I would take Josh Jacobs over Najee. He's the same age. He's just been more productive. I get that. I would take Nick Chubb, better offensive line, better offense altogether. But you look at a couple of the names behind him, uh, you know, I like Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson better, but Javante Williams and J.K. Dobbins and Derrick Henry and DeAndre Swift, I would rather have Najee than all of those players. So I think if you if you drafted Najee with, you know, I guess that would have been the, you know, probably number one, number two, maybe number three pick in your rookie drafts in 2021, 
I'm just holding him unless you get a sweetheart offer where you get, you know, you're able to move him for a, a really good receiver. It's probably best just to ride it out because it's really hard to predict which running backs are going to get 20 touches a game and Najee's one of them. Yeah, this is it, just looking at his his startup ADP. Um, you know, this is really the lowest it's been um, like this this past off season. It, this is the lowest it's been in his entire career. It feels well, that's like why he might be a value now. I, I do think he's he's starting to become a value. Like you know, most recent dynasty startup trade or sorry, dynasty trade uh, available right now on Dynasty League Football. Najee Harris straight up. For Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, I mean, get out of here with that, right? Get out. Like, there is a hundred percent good reasons to inquire, at least, about the pricing of sure. Najee Harris, and and put some feelers out there because you really uh, don't know. And the the range of of temperatures, I feel like, for Najee Harris is ice cold or red hot, and let me ask you this, Kate. Do you think we are – it's June 22nd right now. Do you think his ADP is more likely to rise or fall before the first training camp practice starts? My overall vibe uh, is probably fall. That that would be my thoughts. Just because we've already seen a lot of Jalen Warren buzz over the last couple of days – Maybe that buzz gets a little bit louder, and that's and that would be the time to pounce on Najee Harris because you mentioned the low ADP. I won't be surprised if we see once Tony Pollard's a little healthier, once it's clear the Patriots aren't signing another running back, we see Najee kind of fall to RB12, RB13. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, before we move on to your guy, Kenny Pickett, uh, any thoughts? You, you mentioned Deontay Johnson is a, is a buy for you. Uh, do you want any – to kind of expand on that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think again, I I talked about the, the safety. I really want to point out just how bad, uh, you know, this offense was in 2022 in terms of the passing production. And I think we're going to get into that a little bit with Kenny Pickett here, but when you're looking at Deontay Johnson's career this far, 2022 really was the true outlier um, it, prior yep. to 2022 never had fewer than five touchdowns in a season uh, was always productive after the catch. We saw a huge, huge drop in terms of his production uh, yards after the catch per reception, saw a big drop in his yards per route run efficiency, a huge drop in his passer rating when targeted, but the volume is still there. I still think he's this team's wide receiver one. And, if he moves on to another offense, he might not get 140 targets a season, but I also think, you know, if, if he moves on to a better offense, he might not need them. Um, you know, I'm betting on talent. I, I think he's one of the, the more proficient route runners in this league. Uh, and, you know, again, bet on talent, uh, but, you know, this year uh, scored zero touchdowns and still finishes a top 30 wide receiver. Um the floor is is very safe, and he's performed as a top ten wide receiver in fantasy before. Uh, you know, largely thanks to volume, but the potential's there. I don't know. I just I just don't see it. He's one of the guys that I'm I'm probably okay trading away just because I think there's a good chance he's not on Pittsburgh next year. And we've seen like with these receivers that term twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. 
teams just aren't all that interested in giving you a lot of money and making you a focal point of the offense, especially if they didn't draft you. So he's one we'll agree to disagree on. I'm buying George Pickens. I'm buying the upside. But none of that matters unless Kenny Pickett turns out to be a franchise quarterback. What's Kenny Pickett's upside going into year two? We discuss that next. All right, Kate, to uh, to wrap up this show, we're going to talk about Kenny Pickett, who had an up-and-down rookie season. I think it was more down than what people want to admit. He finished the year. He started, excuse me, he started the, the season, I believe, 13 games, finished with seven passing touchdowns in 13 games, okay? Had nine interceptions during that time. But people seem to be really excited about Kenny Pickett going into year two. He's currently being drafted as QB 22 in your dynasty leagues. Kate, what are your thoughts on Kenny Pickett? I'm continually asking myself, what is the upside? Kenny Pickett, you know, seven touchdowns, nine interceptions last year, um, cleaned up the the turnovers towards the end of last year. Like, you know, had a really, really rough start to his career. Uh, seven of those interceptions came in his first four games. Um, wasn't, wasn't pretty, but, you know, I, I think a lot of the, the, lack of turnover, lack of turnovers, et cetera, that we saw from Kenny Pickett. Like he also wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, making a a ton of big plays again, in between those splash plays, uh, like those incredible throws where he connects with George Pickens and it's a highlight reel. It didn't feel like there was a lot of consistency in between those plays, um, you know, started the season off actually with a, a relatively high completion percentage, despite uh, the the turnovers, uh, which is interesting. To close out the year, weeks ten on, fifty nine percent completion rate, yeah. um, still one hundred and seventy seven pass yards per game, uh, twelve rush yards per game. Like, I don't necessarily, I I don't totally understand the the value from a fantasy perspective. He's got small hands. He's playing in the AFC North, like weather. Well, and one of the stats that I've seen, and listen, I work for this company, so I get it. It's like Kenny Pickett from week 10 on was one of the highest graded quarterbacks in the league. He had the least amount of turnover worthy throws, only had one interception. I kind of think Pittsburgh changed the way that they played offense after the buy. It's, hey, Pickett killed us in multiple games. If he doesn't turn the ball over three times against the Jets, we win that game and we make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't turn the ball over three times against the Dolphins in a ten to sixteen loss, right? They were at, they were right down, ready to score the uh, go-ahead touchdown. He threw an interception. They got the ball back. He threw another interception on the next drive. I think after that point of the season, Pittsburgh is basically like, you know what? We're going to make him a game manager. You are going to throw safe passes, and on third and long, you can chuck the ball down the field to, to George Pickens. But that's our quarterback, and we kind of saw that play out in the numbers, right? One interception, but he averaged 6.4 yards an attempt during that stretch. Like That's what's concerning to me is if he's not going to throw the ball a lot, you better be efficient. And if you're not going to be efficient, you better throw the ball a lot. I just don't see both of those things happening for him this year. Yeah, week uh, weeks eleven on average, just thirty pass t- uh, pass attempts per game. The lack of volume there, and you know, I think the the fact that Mac Canada is sort of doubling down, like this is this is 
the the trajectory of of offense we want to yep. uh, be playing, and and this is the direction they're kind of heading in. And I mean, it's always been sort of like the culture of Mike Tomlin, right? He's a defensive minded coach. Uh, you know, Steel Curtain, T.J. Watt, like they they thrive on defense. Minka Fitzpatrick, and the best compliment to you know that defense and what they're doing on that side of the ball is just controlling the clock, controlling, um, you know, time of possession and running the ball and making small gains. And I don't think that's conducive to fantasy points. Now I will say the one reason why I'm not totally against buying Kenny Pickett right now is the Pittsburgh Steelers pride themselves in being an organization that doesn't panic. Right. And they play the long game and they're going to be patient. Right. So even if Pickett were to struggle or just to produce numbers that were the same as what he did last year, I don't see them all of a sudden moving on and drafting another quarterback in the first round or signing a high-priced veteran. Like, for better or worse, this is going to be Kenny Pickett's team. Would you agree? I agree, but I also don't know. Like, what does that what does that mean? Like, what? Well, does I think for a dynasty, Kenny that Pickett means being the starter actually mean for your fantasy teams because. You might be getting, um, you know, 13 to 16 fantasy points per game. It just depends on your, like, if you're playing in obviously a two quarterback league or a super flex league, there is some value in having a quarterback who you just know is going to be the starter. There's just not a lot of instability there. And maybe you're hoping as he gets a little bit older, as the offensive line improves, that George Pickens takes a step that he can improve. But I do value that part of it quite a bit. It's one of the reasons, like, I think Daniel Jones, who I'm not a huge fan of, I feel much better about Daniel Jones now because of the long-term commitment that the Giants have to him. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of what are you looking to value, right? Are you looking to value just, like, the safety of, yep. of knowing that you're going to, you know, post – you know, 10 plus points, but like in a super flex, I, I largely think that Kenny Pickett is going to be on overvalued. I think, um, you know, like to close out the year, right. Cleaned up the turnovers, 10 fantasy points, 13 fantasy points, 13 fantasy points, 10.9, 11.9. Like that is the production that you got out of Kenny Pickett. And if we're in a super flex, you might as well trade Kenny Pickett for a higher value positional player that, might offer you some upside because I don't see it here with Pickett. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily see it either, but we'll see. Kenny Pickett is one of the more hype players going into the year. We'll see if he has a breakout season. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Every day, we will be back on Monday to talk about the AFC North, or sorry, the AFC South. We're going to be discussing the Houston Texans, so make sure you tune in for that. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Magic. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We are free and available on all platforms, and we'll see you right back here on Monday.